Kia ora everyone, um, I'm Stacey Flula, I play rugby for New Zealand and I'm currently in camp preparing for the Rugby World Cup here in New Zealand. Great to have you on board Stacey, you said Kia ora there, New Zealanders will always say that, that term, uh, can you just explain what it is? Yes, um, kia ora, obviously the formal way of saying hello here in New Zealand, so I suppose whenever I talk it's definitely one one thing I always uh, mention and say, just proud Māori and proud Kiwi from, from New Zealand. Amazing, love that. I remember when I was um, in, in New Zealand, I was, I was on the plane on the uh, Air New Zealand flight and kept seeing kia ora everywhere, so it's something that, you know, ev- everyone says it, um, you're so much cooler than we are um, over here in <laughs> in Britain, adding hey to all of your sentences as well at the end of everything. Um, but you're going to have to bear with me. I know I've, I've been listening to a couple of the interviews that you do, and I know you drop in a bit of the the, the, the Maori language here or there. So yeah. I'd, I'd just ask you to do exactly the same on the podcast, but maybe just stop and uh, explain what explain. it means. So maybe we're a bit of an education podcast as well for this one. Sweet. But Sounds good. Great great to have you on board. Um, Stacey Flula, obviously, World Cup winner in 15s, World Cup winner in 7s, a Commonwealth Games gold medal, an Olympics gold medal. The list goes on. The newest Lusad's ambassador. And I'm really excited about this one. It seems like you're always smiling. The smiling assassin you've been called. Welcome. And uh, first question for me is, how are you out of 10? Awesome. Thanks for that introduction, Rob. Um, it's good to be on. Stoked to have a, have a yarn with you guys. Um, but I'm always a 10 out of 10. Just on a, on a level, on a vibe. Always happy and loving life. A 10. Wow. We've never had one of those before, I don't think. So, um, yeah, amazing to hear. Stacey, you're currently in World Cup camp. So just before we get into all things World Cup and Blackferns, I've just got a few adverts. So first one is Days. So they're a non-alcoholic beer, 100% beer, 0% alcohol, brewed in Scotland, B Corp certified, 2% of the sales go towards progressive mental health initiatives. And they've actually just announced on the 6th of October, they will be launching nationally in Wagamamas, which is amazing for them. And I'll be seeing them in a couple of weeks, which is amazing. I'm really looking forward to that. And we have a discount code from them. It's Looseheads20 for 20% off at checkout. We also have 45CBD. They have also given us a discount code. It's LH20 for 20% off at www.45.com. They are a CBD and vitamin brand created by professional rugby players, George Cruz, who will be on the podcast soon, and Dom Day, after suffering injuries during their career. They have thousands of athletes as customers, and they are official wellness providers to Leicester Tigers and Saracens. And you can find them in Boots, Next, and Tesco. Stacey, let's get into it. So the first component of the Loosehead Clubhouse podcast is the last guest, which was David Flatman, has left you a question. And that question is? What is your ultimate weekend out of season? <laughs> oh, that's a tough one. I'm never out of season. I love playing sevens and fifteen, so it usually goes all year round. Uh, but my ultimate weekend, oh, I love travelling. Um, so it would probably be a little getaway somewhere, either with my husband or with my family. Um, Fano. It's another Māori word for family. Um, you're probably going out and doing some sort of activity. I'm a bit of an adrenaline junkie, so yeah, whatever that is. And I'm very competitive, so it's always got to be a competition with my family, wherever we are, whatever we do. 
Love that. That's brilliant. Um, just sticking on the on the theme of traveling, um, I mentioned it before. I went to New Zealand. Um, it's no secret that I think New Zealand is hands down the best country on planet Earth. Um, I spent a month there totally. and had the best time. <laughs> it's it's just the best, isn't it? Um, I actually did the Kiwi Experience bus, which is obviously the the green hop on hop off bus that goes around the north and the south island but what's it what's it like to be from new zealand oh i love it i love the the greenery around i love that it's not it's quite like a rural country or especially where i come from um there's a lot of land a lot of animals uh, massive farms it's very clean here which is probably a cool thing uh and if you want to go rural you can or if you want to be in the city you can too there's always so many things to do um but obviously being being proud Maori and indigenous kind of culture in New Zealand, um, yeah, I just I just love that kind of background that we grew up with. Family is everything to us, and you know whenever we got the opportunity to hang out with them, it's definitely on top of the list. Um, but yeah, so many cool activities. Obviously, in the North Island, very different to the South. The south is quite cold. Um, a lot more snow down there. <laughs> Not as many people living down in the the cold South. Um, and then obviously in the North is. More, more things, more people, um, and yeah, lots of good, lots of good rivalry too. In terms of you know who's better, the north or the south? Yeah, I think that's that was something that I found when I was when I was over there. Obviously, there'll be quite a lot of people heading over to um, New Zealand for for the Women's World Cup coming up. If you had two weeks, what are the what are the best things to do in New Zealand? Um, oh, you can't look past Queenstown. There's so yeah, that's probably that, like the most yeah. touristy attraction you could do if you're coming to New Zealand. Two weeks down down south would be pretty cool. Um, whether it's winter or summer, like I said, there's snow down there in the uh, winter if you want to go snowboarding or whatever. And when it's when it's hot, there's also a few few different walks and adventures you can do. Um, so yeah. yeah, Queenstown is probably top of the list. But also up north, it's like kind of like hidden territory. I'm not sure if you've seen. I haven't actually been to much places or many places up north, um, but I do see lots of my family and friends go do the camper van tour up there. There's some hidden gem beaches. Kind of looks like you're a little bit in um, like Bora Bora. They know those quite nice, clear yeah, yeah, yeah. blue <laughs> blue waters. Um, the sand dunes up there. So yeah, a lot of cool beaches around around New Zealand, which we're quite quite lucky to have. Yeah, it's interesting there. You say that you you haven't even done it, and it's it's your own it's your own country. It's the same <laughs> for me. I, when I went to New Zealand, I still hadn't done. I have now, but I hadn't done Scotland or Ireland. It's just the way that it is. We never explore our own doorstep, do we? We we want to get out there so and true. explore the world, and and that's what you do with with um with playing sevens as well um you know mm-hmm. you've you've been traveling the world how how do you find that and and how do you, do you deal with the amount of traveling that comes with playing sevens oh i love it like i said just before i love traveling i love meeting new people i love experiencing different cultures different foods um so i, I love going to different attractions everywhere we go um but i the most important thing for me, I guess, is the connections you make. And, you know, we've got friends from so many different countries and then you meet other people from their connections. It's quite cool. Um, so when you go back to that country, you don't feel like a stranger. Um, you kind of know people um, and then you get you get taken around. So I love traveling. Yeah. Um, I dread the day that, you know, I have to leave this job because my body can't keep up with the demands of rugby. But, hey, we can't look too far ahead. We've just got to keep enjoying it day by day, week by week, year by year. Yeah, you you mentioned food there. Which country has the best food? <laughs> oh, that's a tough. Japan. Sorry, love Japanese Japan. food. Japan. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. No, Absolutely good shout. Love it there. Good shout. <laughs> um, so yeah, just to bring it on to New Zealand, you know, the Black Ferns. 
currently in World Cup camp. Um, looks like you're in a, in, a, in a hotel room. Whereabouts are you and how's it all going? Yeah, we're right in the heart of um, the city of Auckland. So Sky Tower's just down the road. It's another main attraction here, <laughs> um, I suppose, here in the North Island. Games, game, we just had a game at Eden Park against Japan. That was awesome, kind of building relationships and combinations within our team. Um, obviously, being sevens, haven't been here much, so there's been a lot of learning um, from our awesome new coaches and the game plan and stuff. So we're just kind of training training away, gearing up for to take on Aussie next weekend in our World Cup opener. Um, but, yeah, there's, there's a lot of fun stuff on and off the field. Amazing. And I saw um, on social media, on the Blackfern social media, I saw you had a, a club night the other night where <laughs> each player had to wear a shirt from their, their hometown club. Uh, absolutely love that idea. I think we, we, we reshared it on, on the Loose Edge channels. You had your Bay of Plenty shirt on. Um, can you just explain a little bit about, about that? Yeah, I think... Um, it's probably grown more so this year. So club night's going to be every Tuesday for our um, campaign. Uh, we're, we're in camp eight weeks, so we've got to try and find some stuff, fun stuff to do. And we've got one of our young girls kind of taking the reins and making sure we have a bit of fun. So we've had a couple of good guest speakers in, then a few games, a few different games, and we've got like mini teams within our um, within our Black Friends group, including management, and that's probably my favourite thing about it is the coaches Amazing. jump on board, management, um, physios, like, you know, everyone gets amongst it because we're all so competitive. So it's just about having a bit of fun outside of footy, um, not thinking about the rugby field, just connecting with one another. And, yeah, in terms of the, the club rugby jerseys, the one I wore was from actually my hometown, Ruatake, it's, one of the smallest places here. Um, What's it I called? always rep it. Ruatuki. 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 Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So, Māori name, yeah. very small town, like less than a thousand people live there. There's like no shops, um, a lot of horses, a lot of marae. Um, <laughs> and yeah, um, it's it's just, I don't know, something that I'm, or somewhere I'm proud of, I suppose. And I haven't actually debuted for the club, but it's coming. They've gifted me a jersey and I, I wear it proudly. But hopefully one day that's my goal. That's my dream for them to actually be in the um, local competition, to bring a team together. I think they had one way back in the 1990s maybe, but they haven't had one since. So we can try wow. and grow the game in that area and, you know, yeah. get get loose heads on board and get a mental yeah, house there. That'll be even better. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's absolutely it. It's, you know, it's, that's what it's all about. It's about the grassroots game and, and inspiring people to play and and I think you know over over in New Zealand that's that's what you do really well um where where did it where did it all start for you rugby I know you're from a a, a rugby family but where did it all start um all started at high school for me so I actually didn't start playing rugby until I was 15 compared to my brothers and my dad who were probably five years old when they picked up their first ball um I really wanted to play um netball and touch so that's what I did Wanted to be a silver fern. That dream changed quickly when I picked up my first rugby ball. I think I was year 11 at high school and no, I had no ambitions. I didn't know who the black friends were. I didn't have any ambitions of playing for our national team. I didn't, you know, it was just purely playing because it was fun because my friends played um, and I asked my family and they were keen for me to give it a go. So that was quite cool that they backed me there. Um, played my first year. We actually did really well. We won our um, local competition, which was quite cool for our small um, small school um, at the time. And then I kind of just got picked up from there and made the connections with right people. Um, and yeah, started to learn how to properly train. 
because that was probably a, a big thing that I didn't really do as a kid, just kind of played to have fun, wasn't running out there doing shuttles, wasn't eating the best. Um, we kind of just got given food and that's what you ate. <laughs> so yeah, those small habits, I suppose, just kind of flowed on from from that first year of playing. Yeah, it's an impressive uh, 10, 11 years that you've had then with um, picking up a rugby ball to playing for the Blackferns. It's um, it's very impressive. And we, we spoke last week with Flats about why rugby is the best sport and, and the camaraderie um, with, you know, the, the togetherness that rugby brings. You walk into a clubhouse, you've, you've instantly got 40 new mates. Mm-hmm. Can you just talk about mm-hmm. a little bit about what rugby means to you and, and how it supported your own mental fitness as well? Oh, rugby is massive to me. I think it's helped develop me not only as a player, but it's changed me as a a person. Um, If you had asked me 10, 15 years ago whether I'd be as confident or resilient as I am today, probably not. I was actually this really little shy girl who hated public speaking. I hated talking to others. Like I just kind of wanted to be the quiet one in the background and a lot has changed in that time Um, and I honestly thank rugby for that Um, the relationships and the connections and the values that I've learnt by playing Um, you can't be shy if you want to go and do big things in this environment you know you've got to work well with the people around you Um, so obviously teamwork is is a massive part of that and and that's the fun part you you kind of I didn't expect this to happen, but it did, and it's only yeah. made me better. Um, it's given me a cool, I suppose, different outlook or perspective on life um, throughout the years I've been playing. And the the thing I've learned in this environment with the right people around me is it's not just about being a good player on the field. You know, there's so much more to life than that, and yeah. all the life skills that I've got from from playing, from traveling, from meeting others that's been my favourite part. And, you know, there's only so many people who get these opportunities in the country. Sevens, only 21 contracts, only 13, 14 players get to go away on tour every every time. Um, you just can't take it for granted. Um, and you never know when it's going to be your last time. So I just kind of make the most of it. Um, and I'm only 26, but yep. I know I still have so many more goals, so many more things I want to achieve um, within the game. But, yeah, it's definitely helped my mental side of being able to get back up when things get tough. I've had a few injuries and man, you know, you, you kind of slump into the real, real dark places. Um, but with the people around me, with my family, my friends, they're along to support, to guide you. That's definitely been a massive help and finding little kind of tools, I suppose, that help you because everyone's different. You can't kind of copy what your mate does because it works for them it's fine-tuning your own skills and and what works for you so yeah bit of a long answer sorry but no no that's 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 great answer great answer you speak (laughs) speak a little bit there about um the resilience that that sort of built up um we spoke just before uh, before we jumped on about uh, a little scare when you had when 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 you were younger um that you may never have played the 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 game again you spent explain a little bit about what happened and, and how you overcame it? Yeah, um, remember the day clearly. Um, we were travelling home from school and back then we used to share buses. So there were young kids from primary schools, intermediate schools, and then I was at high school at the time, year 11. Um, and it's, it's actually pretty crazy because I remember I used to be one of the older ones on the bus and I used to use try to be the cool kids sitting at the back because, um, you know, all the younger ones in the front. We all did that. The, <laughs> the older kids, you know, sit at the back because you're the boss kind of thing. That, that's what it was like back there. 
And I remember it. I was like, nah, I don't want to sit at the back of the bus today. And I don't know if, you know, the universe was telling me anything. But um, it was probably a blessing because everyone sitting at the back of the bus that they got the worst injuries. And because they got the impact of um, a, a truck hitting us from behind um, on our way home from school. I was at the front of the bus and the seats kind of sit face inwards towards each other. So because of the impact of the truck, I kind of flew towards the back of the bus. Don't actually know how I got injured, but I'm assuming they were the bars of the seats in front of me because I had two deep gashes and both my shins identical. I mean, it was a bit of a scary time. I obviously blacked out, woke up and I was on top of a pile of kids, which is pretty scary. Everyone crying, didn't know what happened, was in a, was a bit, in a bit of a shock um and funnily enough well not funny I suppose it was a blessing um the only thing I remember was I held my phone on me the whole time so I'd obviously moved in this massive crash and everything else flew off but I still had my phone on me so I managed to ring 911 straight away and they were there within a flash so yeah it was a pretty scary moment I had two little cousins on the bus and you know I was just trying to get them up trying to help as many people as I could and didn't know I was injured at first because of the adrenaline was kind of going through your body as it does when when circumstances circumstances like that happen um so yeah but a bit of a scary situation and yeah yeah i don't know i think that was literally the first thing that came to mind was am i ever going to play sport again because that's what i did that was my life just having fun with my friends playing everything i could but luckily enough, recovered a couple months later and i was back running in no time um i i actually got the least um, worst injury out of everyone. Everyone had broken bones and everything, but I just had oh, these wow. gashes in the front of my um in my knees. Yeah, so yeah. but it was scary, and and yeah. I still clearly remember it. But um, I'm sweet as talking about it. It doesn't yeah kind of affect me too much. Good that it's not stopped you playing sport and you're out there playing for the yeah. Black Ferns and, and living your dream. Um, I know we spoke about. New Zealand being the best country in the world, but um, now we're going to talk a little <laughs> bit about New Zealand being the best at rugby. Um, so being the best, all blacks and black ferns, just how do you guys do it? <laughs> how do we do it? What's the secret? <laughs> um, it probably sounds a bit cliche, but it's the people. Like yeah. It's the people who are involved. It's having the right management group, the right coaching staff the right girls who are willing, to, always willing to learn, who are willing to work hard for each other, the trust, the connection, you know, everyone says it, but it's actually true. You can't kind of get along and do the mahi or the work on the field if you don't do the work off it. And culture is massive. You've probably heard it a million times, but it, it's so important with within teams here in New Zealand, black friends, all blacks, whoever it is, whoever we, um, we're playing for, you can't be successful if you're not enjoying it off the field and you don't have those connections and those relationships. So that's probably a secret. We, we're we probably lucky. Know, and there are a lot of people, lucky people around the world who kind of have those sporting genes, but you literally grow up with it in your backyard. Yeah. So everyone knows rugby in New Zealand. It's our, obviously our national sport and everyone exactly, wants to yeah. play it. We're just lucky nowadays that young girls want to play it's not just young boys absolutely and for us to be those role models that they can look up to and and learn off and and aspire to be like it's a pretty cool privilege um never thought we'd be able to do this full-time get paid some pretty good money um (laughs) to go out there and play this amazing sport yeah it's definitely a blessing yeah i remember when i was in new zealand and i went to so i was in late 
I might get this wrong here. So Lake Taupo, is that right? About right? Yeah, Lake yeah, Taupo, yeah. Yeah, and then Queenstown. And I went to the New Zealand rugby shops, and um, the store manager comes up to you and just goes, "Did you know that New Zealand are the most successful rugby team? Or it, it's not even rugby team; it's team in the world." And it's like, "Yeah, I did know that because someone told me in the North <laughs> Island." It's just, <laughs> it's just you know, it's 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 sort of uh, rugby is a religion um, in in New Zealand, and it play, people play wherever, um, however they can. Um, mm. from the outside looking in, obviously the, the, the Black Ferns, um, have that real togetherness, that club night we spoke about. Um, I think the, the next question might help people from sort of like a grassroots level, right, right the way up to, to the professional game. But what are the things you do as a team that help you spoke about connection there, but help connect you on and off the field? Um, I think we're probably lucky here. So we have quite a lot of indigenous people in our team, whether it's being Maori, Samoan or whatever it is that we can kind of buy into those spiritual connections that we have so um, obviously to having different waiata or different songs to sing we we do the haka as you know that's yeah. a that's a massive impa- part of our culture and sometimes it's real funny some of the girls are more scared coming into the environment to do the haka than they are to play rugby because <laughs> it is if it's something that you've not grown up with um, then it can be quite daunting and scary because yeah. you, you're essentially doing this little performance to others that you've never been able to do before. But everyone buys into it, and that's probably the biggest part is, you know, even if you're you are European and you know you're trying to learn these Maori words or whatever it is, they they're just all in, and and that's all you need from a team like this. You can't have those kind of sour people who are like, nah, I don't want to do that because that's not where I'm from or who I am or, you know, that's not my religion or stuff like that. We just all kind of, yeah. you get on off it, you learn it, you do what you got to do. And that that's the most important part is those activities outside. I know there's so many different groups and whatever because we come from all over New Zealand. But coming together, I love seeing girls from other regions because you, you're constantly training with the same people. So it's quite refreshing seeing, um, you know, your enemies from provincial rugby or whatever. Yeah. Um, you be, you have to become friends <laughs> in this yeah, environment quite quickly as and well. And it's cool, just just <laughs> yeah, it's just like little things like we have a few board games, like play cards, all these little things that you can do together to to kind of help. And we try and we we try have um, people in here who think they can sing like Beyonce or think they can you know <laughs> dance um, better than others. So those are always cool things to have in the background. <laughs> just little that. competitions with one another um but yeah yeah you say that so we're, we're on the lookout for a um an, a podcast introduction so at the moment it's pretty terrible um but we're looking out for uh professional rugby players who play an instrument so if there's anyone in the blackburns team that plays an instrument um we would be delighted to have them on board to create a an introduction so um well yeah, let me know. i'm sorry i i'm not good at any instruments <laughs> i'm not a music i have no musical talent whatsoever <laughs> i remember playing like a little piano when i was 10 but I'm exactly years ago now but i'll, I'll definitely keep an ear and an eye out for you guys <laughs> and then we, you, you spoke there you, you said the word culture uh, you know every, every team talks about having good culture um no doubt the black ferns have that what is good culture to you um oh yeah that's a good question and I, and I kind of like it um I kind of briefly touched on it before but it's just the way you kind of 
I feel like when you're on a national team and you're representing your country, you're you're seen as this kind of role model, whether you like it or not. Um, you're going to get a lot of attention from others and whatnot. So it's the way you kind of portray portray yourself and the way you kind of act with it, with your peers, um, with your coaches, with um, your fans, your supporters, your family. And it's just about being like really good people to each other and, you know, to others too. And I, I, it's a bit cringe for me when I see other, and, and everyone's different, but this is just my own kind of personal thing, I suppose, is when people are mean to others, other countries or other teams. I'm just like, you know, at the end of the day, we're here to play a sport that we all love. There's no point in, in trying to like bag anyone else. I mean, you can kind of do it with your friends in the hotel room, you know, when you're walking yeah. in the bedroom. But when it's put out there in the public, I'm like, oh, I, I just, yeah. I personally don't like it. Um, so for me, having that good culture within our team is just, you know, being good human beings, having real good connections with one another, um, and buying, like I said before, buying into what the team values are, what the team vision is. I mean, doing everything in your power to actually be the best person you can be so that when it comes time to play rugby, when it comes time to train, then, you know, that kind of transforms onto the field. Um, So, yeah, just kind of understanding yourself, knowing who you are, where you come from, so that that can connect with the others. And then, you know, you put one person with another and then it's it's like a magnetic effect that can go out and, and get the job done on the field. So. Yeah. yeah. No. Be, be a nasty person on the pitch and be a good person off the pitch. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, one one thing I, I used to work at Bristol Sport and um, came across you know working with Pat Lamb at, at Bristol Bears, and um, the thing that how he describes culture is it's a four letter word. It's love. And there you go. You've you've just said exactly mm-hmm. you know similar, similar sort of stuff there, which is it is. it is. It's just it's it's love and it's connecting with others and it's it's being kind. It's being a good person. Um, mm-hmm. Absolutely, hundred percent, and I um I completely agree with that, and I, and I love it. Um, we speak about togetherness there. Um, and I know I've seen the the All Blacks have been training with with the Black Ferns as well. Um, and there seems to be some some great integration there. Um, have you have you been involved in in those sessions, and and what's the best thing that you've you've learned from them? Yeah, I think it's been quite cool having Smithy and Tiet and Chrono within our team because they have a lot of connections, right? And just today, actually, we had another kicking session as backs. It's so funny because, you know, as backs, it's usually the nines, the tens, and the fullbacks are the kickers. But our whole back line want to be kickers now because we've got a session with Dan Carter. <laughs> Only the best in the world at his, at yeah. his role. Yeah. Um, so we had it's a backs bad. kicking session this morning. And just, yeah, the, the knowledge he kind of has within his own kind of experience and what he has offered to the game has been amazing and that's just probably one part of it so um last week we had captain's run at Eden Park following the All Blacks one and we're actually quite late to the to the session so we're supposed to mix and mingle and whatever and they waited I think it was maybe 45 minutes to an hour's um you know pouting down with rain and we thought that was quite cool because they waited for us and we managed to have a little connection there just kind of talking and they were wishing us well for our game and offered their help um I know some of the girls in the team at the moment have mentors whether they're past players or current players from the All Blacks and you know that can only be really beneficial for the game as a whole not just for New Zealand rugby but everywhere around the world um if you've got someone playing centre and you know I, th- I know one of the girls mentors Conrad Smith he's 
a legend in his position and, and, and what he's done for the game. It's it's quite cool to kind of grasp their knowledge and their skills and for us to try and put that out onto onto the women's rugby field. Um, that's been real special for us. And whilst we don't do a lot of work together, different schedules and whatnot, when the opportunity does come, um, it, it's such a special feeling because everyone knows the All Blacks um, all around the world. That We even get called the All Blacks sometimes. And <laughs> I like correcting them and saying, no, we're the Black Ferns. <laughs> we're the Black yeah. Ferns, we're the Black Ferns. But you know, that's what the world knows is the All Blacks from New Zealand, the Haka, that's yeah. what they say. So it's cool kind of leveraging off that, but trying to trying to teach them too that um, it's the Black Ferns. <laughs> yeah, no, it, and that, and having that identity with a nickname like the Black Ferns is, is quite important. It, you know, it, it's your own identity. Um, mm-hmm. I know obviously England have Red Roses um, and there's been chat around Wales um, changing their name. Um, how important is that having your own identity? Oh, I think it's massive now. Like I said, it's an opportunity to be a full-time job for a woman now. Um, And that wasn't a thing. Um, Everyone literally played for fun. You had to pay to play for your country. Um, that those times are changing. Um, we're obviously making a name for ourselves, for ourselves all all around the world, and it's special. It's cool to be, you know, part of this legacy to help our future um, and showcase that you can be different. You don't have to play certain sports. You can play a, you know, male dominated sport. I suppose at the moment, but once that changes and a lot more women are playing, then we'll probably kind of achieve what we want to. So exciting yeah. that. They are now countries are now getting their own identities within the sport, um, and I know there's going to be so many more barriers to break um, moving forward. Obviously, the the tournament, the the little tournament that's coming up, uh, only a World Cup. Um, <laughs> it's um, it's quite a big deal. Home World Cup as well. Can you just explain sort of how you found out you were in the in the squad and what your feelings were? Yeah, um, I remember three years ago we we're in France when the it got announced that New Zealand would be. Um, hosting the World Cup and that was so cool. Um, yeah. I was always always had a dream of, you know, playing in one, but to be at home, that's something special. So yeah, this year I was actually on my way home from Sevens World Cup in the lounge, remember it clearly, um, getting, making our way back home and um, got a call from Smithy to, first of all, it always starts off a little bit awkward. Eh? It's like, oh, hi Stacey, how are you feeling? And I was obviously gutted because we had just lost the World Cup. Um, grateful that we'd, we meddled, you know, second in the world is pretty cool, um, but we, we all want to win. So I was a little bit down and I just remember him saying, well, hopefully I can cheer you up just a little bit because congratulations, you've made it into the team. Um, so that was quite cool. And I don't know Smithy much. Well, I haven't worked with him this whole year because I have been with Sevens compared to some of the girls who have been here since January with him. Um, so yeah, quite special. I've heard so many good things about him, the legacy he's created with the Black uh, All Blacks, um, and the knowledge and skills he has within the game. So I was excited. I only had four days at home um, after that before we came into camp. We've been in here one and a half weeks, and we've got six and a half to go. Um, it's a long campaign, but yeah. we're at home. That that's probably one positive. We can still see our family yeah. and friends when we get days off. Um, but yeah, just to be representing our fam- our whanau, our country, our nation here in New Zealand, grow the game. And I don't mean to be mean to our country, but some people still don't know who the Black Friends are in New Zealand. So 
my goal after this campaign is to hopefully win <laughs> and that we can tell everyone or show everyone exactly who the black friends are and um and and what we do so yeah pretty special yeah I was, the next question was going to be home world cup what what's the expectation surely you know holders five times with five time winners and just to put that into context there's only been eight world cups so five out of eight <laughs> Um, win it surely but you've already answered that question obviously we, we spoke about the the feelings that that you had sort of coming into the squad getting announced that you were in the team um, obviously it's a team game and only so many people mm-hmm. can be selected and it's so mm-hmm. tough as players put everything into being selected at the world cup and it only comes around every four years you said there you know yeah. you, you heard a few years ago when um it was announced that it was going to be a home World Cup, um, doing everything that you can to be in that team. What are your mm-hmm. messages to, or what is your message to those people who aren't selected? Yeah, I suppose um, the dream is never over right until it's over. And that's probably a bad saying, but um, <laughs> you just never know. Um, opportunities arise, like even the girls who haven't been selected for our team, they're still training hard back home because injuries can happen. Yeah. Um, we all know the story about um, Beaver, um, Stephen Donald, you know, he was out fishing or whatever back at one of the World Cups and all our 10s went down, so he had to get caught yeah. in and look, done the winning <laughs> kick for for all back. So, yeah, it, it, and I know it's tough and um, it's it's not the best feeling, but the one thing we've been taught within this environment, whether you're named in the squad, whether you're named in the 23 or not, whether you're one of the background, background players, you know, who are not quite successful in that point, is to continue doing everything you can to be the best you. And it sounds a little bit cliche, but you still have a, an important role to play in the team. So for me, yeah. if I'm not selected in this campaign, in the the strip, the playing 23 for these next six games. Um, I'm still going to do my best that I can behind the scenes to help the girls kind of win and, you know, get them in the right space mentally, physically, um, just help out wherever I can because it's a team sport. It's always a team sport. It's not about the individual. Um, you're only as good as the person next to you. So, yeah, tough. It's always tough. Um, and that's what sport brings, you know, many highs, many lows. But for me, it's about how you react to it, how you get up, um, and how you how resilient how resilient you are in those types of situations yeah no yeah absolutely um the hacker <laughs> we can't you've mentioned it before on you know earlier on in the podcast but i know we can't talk about well we can't do this podcast without talking about the hacker <laughs> and um i saw you were on the front row against japan uh, at eden park <laughs> um last week what's it like to perform that and do, do you catch eyes with the opponent and and just what, what's it like <laughs> I have actually a couple of times caught eyes with um <laughs> some of the other girls and in in my head um I've done it for so many years I'm quite lucky I grew up with kapaka since I was maybe like 10 years old so it's kind of comes a little bit more natural um to me than than for others but it's kind of cool. It's when you perform, you've like got. It's like you've had these like extra superpowers, and it gets your heart race, heart racing, and you know you're you're doing your country proud, your Maori heritage, your your team. Um, obviously a big part of it. Um, and so for me, it's it's a real good start to get the nerves out. Um, it, it works you up. You kind of your 
another person you, you're within your own body and I love it I actually love locking eyes with others because I know some people get scared and it's not supposed to be intimidating <laughs> you know the haka is a sign of respect we're obviously laying yeah. down a challenge to our opponent opponents it's never to scare anyone even though it looks kind of scary yeah. um so it, it is quite cool to kind of try and get that um feeling um across the line with the girls and it just makes us more amped to play the game. So, yeah, yeah. It, it might seem a bit daunting to other teams, but <laughs> for us performing it, we're just real proud of who we are, where we're from, um, and representing um, Aotearoa. Yeah. The, uh, one of the components of this podcast is that we will set a challenge for everyone that um, comes on this, you know, on, on the podcast. So if you would be happy to do this, um, obviously wearing your loose heads top, right now it doesn't have to be right now but um at some point in the season um could you potentially do a hacker in the loose heads top (laughs) (laughs) i will accept that challenge (laughs) amazing (laughs) absolutely yeah you've got my word on it now we'll get you on on the on the the socials doing the hacker in the loose heads top all right Uh, right. sounds sounds like a plan (laughs) Sounds like a plan. Um, obviously, <laughs> at Looseheads, we um, we support the women's game. Everything that we do, we want to be inclusive. It's always been that way. Um, how much has the women's game grown since you've been a part of it? Um, we see more, obviously, full-time contracts, more media coverage, mm. more commercial sponsors getting involved. Just how good is it to be part of that that revolution? Oh, it's amazing. Like I said, when I first started playing, I didn't even know who the Black Friends were. And at that stage, they had already won three World Cups. Um, so for me, it's more about the people talking, talking within their families, within their friend groups. Um, I get so I get acknowledged so much more now, which is kind of cool. And and that's what we want. Um, we want to create this legacy where more people are talking about it, so we do get more, you know, bums on seats to get the the coverage that we need um, to fill. I know we've got a goal to try and pack out Eden Park next weekend um, to try and take the crowd attendance record, and that's on track. That's definitely yep. on track, which is exciting, um, especially for um, just women's rugby. Um, but I feel pretty privileged, actually. And if I can leave this game in a better place than when I started, that's a massive goal of mine. Um, I'll still give back as much as I can, even if I'm not playing. Um, in whatever capacity capacity it is, um, that's being a manager or, you know, kind of being in the on the business side of things. I just, I've, I've loved seeing the growth over the last 10 years, Um you know, the small increments, not just with pay, but more so the coverage and the amount of tournaments that we actually get to play. Uh, there's so many more opportunities to travel all around the world and, and to showcase how good we are at playing the sport. So, yeah, yeah it, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool to be a part of this um, movement and, and helping grow rugby wherever we can. Yeah, so here's here's your chance. We'll, we'll clip this next uh, answer up and put it on social media. Ahead of the Rugby World Cup, what's your message for those people who have never, ever given women's sport a go? Whether it's on TV or stadiums, why should they come along to watch the, the, the World Cup? Yeah, I suppose my message to everyone coming or who should come to support um, the World Cup is that it's a cool way to see um, not only women playing rugby, but showcasing the opportunities that it can give you in life. And, you know, there are so many known, more known sports out there for females, but rugby isn't, it's growing. Um, it's not one of the common ones. So people can come down and actually see how, how talented all the ladies are who are selected, the hard work that they put in. Um, and yeah, just, 
I suppose the happiness that it can bring to your life, I think that's the most important thing is going out there, doing something you, you enjoy and showing that you can be different. I know there's a lot of physical appearance battles that some women um, have when they play the sport. You can be small, short, you know, bigger or smaller. It doesn't matter what size you are, what you look like. Um, if you've got the goods, um, if you can play the sport, then, you know, you're always welcome. And that's what I love about rugby. From all walks of life, you can transition from whatever. Um, there's always a place for you. Um, so, yeah, come down and support everyone. It's going to be an amazing six weeks of women's rugby. I love that. That's uh, that's absolutely brilliant. And you, you spoke a little bit before about giving back. And obviously, you've just become the latest Lucid's ambassador and the first in New Zealand. Um, why did you want to get involved with, with Lucid's? And you're wearing the Postal yeah. Pride right now as well. Wearing the top. Yeah, yeah <laughs> absolutely. I'll wear these Postal Pride everywhere I go now. <laughs> um, oh, I, I suppose I love the vision. Um, myself being in this environment for seven, eight years now, I've seen the many struggles that a lot of athletes go through um, whilst playing the sport. There's so many ups and downs and... If you don't have the right support there to guide you and help you get through those tough times, then it can kind of be very de- detrimental to, to many people's lives. It can, you know, stop people from playing, can have a massive ongoing effect for their future. Um, so we want to try and minimise those barriers. We obviously want as much help and support as we can. We want people to play this game because they purely enjoy it. So there's no point in going out there and, you know, being mentally drained or whatever. Um, we, we play this game because it brings so much happiness and joy to our lives. It gives us so many opportunities. So if we can continue keeping those people there, even when they're going through their tough times, then I think that's a great start for not just um, people in rugby, but for people in sport all around the world. It can be a movement that we can change and create, which is which is definitely the start within the community. Nice words. Amazing to have you on board. And I must say, I love the video that you sent us to announce yourself as ambassador. And if people listening haven't seen it, go and check it out. It's on, on our social media. It's really amazing. The the perfect message from, from an ambassador. And I need to talk to you as well about the possibility of getting some loose head scrunchies sorted over in New Zealand. Definitely. Give us a little bit of an insight into um, your business and, and where to find it as well. Yeah, Stacey Flula's Scrunchies. So um, there's a few of us girls who always used to buy them whenever we travelled around the world and kind of go by the motto, look good, feel good, play good. So wearing scrunchies um, in a kind of rough rough sport, I suppose, made us feel kind of more feminine. And um, <laughs> we'd, I'd, we'd always give them out to the young girls out in the crowd because they'd always ask for it and they'd be so happy. And it was, it was probably some of their mums, actually, who always suggested you should make your own business one day. And I kind of thought about it and then COVID hit and there were so many people making new small businesses. And I thought, okay, this is my chance. i got to get in here. This is a market I can target. Um, and if I'm being honest, it's definitely only a side hustle. Like I'm not making a lot of money from it. It's purely for my enjoyment of making others happy, especially our young girls, to inspire them to come through. Um, and I just made the right connections with good, an amazing manufacturer. Um, and so, yeah, I thought, why not? Let's make your own scrunchie brand. And amazing. that's what we have. Stacey Flula Scrunchies. Best, best in the business. And the, the special thing, sorry, I have to say about them is they're sweat and water resistant, which wow, means okay. that 
you know, if they get sweat in your hair, you can easily wash them and dry them and they will they won't get ruined for a long time compared to some of the like more budget ones. Just thought I'd chuck that in there. Amazing. <laughs> well, let's have a chat off air and we'll uh, we'll get something sorted for um getting the word out there in, in, in New Zealand and, and people wearing the post with pride. Um f- final um component to this podcast is a bit of a weird one. It's the pensive pre pod poo ponder and it's sponsored by Sam James, who plays for Sail Sharks over here in England. Um his mm-hmm. question this week is if you have fun wasting time then is it time wasted (laughs) (laughs) if you have fun wasting time then is it time wasted no absolutely not there we go there's the answer any any bit of time is fun you just gotta make most of it (laughs) (laughs) amazing and then final part is um obviously you answered david flatman's question Right at the very start of the podcast, what is your question to the next guest? And that next guest is Jacob Umaga, we hope. Um, So Mm -hmm. what's your question to him? My question would be, um, if you could choose anyone in the world who you could sit down and have dinner with, who would it be and why? Great question. Great question. (laughs) Might be Stephen Gerrard. He's my role model. He's my hero. <laughs> but they say never meet your heroes, don't they? So um, yeah, exactly. still never meet. <laughs> um, is it, awesome. One last thing. Is there any chance that there's a possible a, a direct translation for Tackle the Stigma in Maori? Or is it, does it, would it not work? Um, it would definitely work. It's just trying to find the exact. So Maori is a little bit weird, like, you could say one word, which means a whole sentence in English. <laughs> it's a little bit, yeah. It's even I'm on, on I'm still on a journey. Like I'm not yeah. fluent myself. I'm, I'm still learning. I understand it much more than I can speak it. So, yeah, there there definitely be something, but you'd have to give me time to kind of figure out the exact perfect phrase, and I could get that to you. Absolutely. Perfect. Well, that's, there's two challenges for you um, on, on the Loose Heads podcast. But um, no, I, I won't take up any more of your time, Stacey. I know you're you're very busy and you're in World Cup camp, so I, I can't thank you enough for, for jumping on board. One, as an ambassador, but but two, for, for a, a bit of a yarn um, this morning for me and, and this, this evening for, for you. Thank you very much. Best of luck to, to you and, uh, and, and the rest of the Black Ferns over the next few weeks. Looking forward to seeing the hacker in the Loose Heads top and, and catching up with you soon. <laughs> Cool. Thanks, Rob. Awesome to be a part of the team. And yeah, can't wait to see what what we can create moving forward. Thank you. Amazing. Thanks, Stacey. Appreciate it.